Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Monday, February 13th. It is six minutes after 10 and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Jake Query is in the studio from 107.5 The Fan. So our Super Bowl is kind of like uh, the State of the Union address or election night. But your Super Bowl is actually the Super Bowl. Uh, Are you tired? Big morning? That's a good question. Uh, actually, Mondays usually are the days when I'm the most energetic because the lack of the sleep deprivation from the week hasn't caught up to me. Mm-hmm. Yet, right? So I, I'm good. I maintain the NFL draft is a far more intriguing and compelling event than the Super Bowl. Am I wrong? You I th- are. I think, uh, really? <laughs> I think the NFL draft is the single most compelling thing in all of sports, and the three or four hours or whatever it is that round one takes place, the buildup to that, the intrigue, I mean, the trades, it's great. There's no doubt that there's buildup to it. For me personally, it just be like I think they have so over-commercialized it that I'm, I mean, the whole narrative when they're like 600,000 people were in Nashville for the NFL draft, I'm like, do you realize how many people that is? That's the dumbest thing. There's 12,000 people there. Yeah. And they say 600000 Now, I will say, I do miss when it was two days and I could just sit on my couch for 13 hours both days and consume the whole draft. I Correct. do miss that a little bit. Correct. They've just drawn it. You know, the NFL, if you noticed yesterday during the pregame, and I don't mean the pregame show, I mean just the on-field pregame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything now is an over-commercialized, over-produced, massive production. I get it, though. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. intrigue for it. I get it. You give people what they want. Okay, so the rumor is Shane Steichen, who is the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, is going to be named the new coach of the Colts. We were talking off air. I think like nine weeks to give me Shane Steichen, that feels a little underwhelming am i wrong i don't disagree with that there was no doubt that this was very long and drawn out um it got to me to be a little bit like melodramatic it felt like it felt like an american idol show you know now we're down to th- here, yeah. round three you know <laughs> it's sure hollywood to, week yeah that's right call in at 800 <laughs> if you want shane steichen um it comes down to this raw like i really do think that it comes down to the Colts had two choices, and one was to go with a young, energetic, kind of visionary-type coach, or the other was to go with more of an old guard, stapled, disciplinarian-type guy. They went with option A. I think Shane Steichen, I don't know him. It's disingenuous to say that I do, but he is coming from a background where he's worked with multiple quarterbacks that all had success, playing various forms of the quarterbacking position, and for the Colts going into a situation where they're going to have a new quarterback, that gives them some flexibility depending on which kind of player they end up with at the quarterback position. He's going to be somebody who has experience in grooming quarterbacks. I know that's one of your favorite words. Um, <laughs> in various capacities. I see what you did and there. style of play. Uh, so I do think it's probably, assuming it's the hire that takes place, mm-hmm. and all signs point that way, 
I would say it appears as though it's a pretty good hire. Uh, Jake Query, our guest from 107.5 The Fan, 93.5 The Fan. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about his history. You said you don't know him a lot. We don't know much about him. He worked with the Chargers. He worked with the Browns. So how long before, it, if this is the dude, how long before we do kind of learn his coaching style and what's going to take place with the team? You know, really good question. I, I think obviously with any coach, fairly quickly you learn that. What's going to be interesting is who does he bring in as his coordinators? Mm. Because he's always had the background of being the guy making the decisions offensively. Does he want to continue doing that or does he bring in a coordinator that he then you know relegates that towards? That's question number one. I do think that Gus Bradley, who's the existing defensive coordinator of the Colts, he has history with. There was word that the Colts wanted to hold on to Gus Bradley because some of the coaching candidates wanted to keep Gus Bradley. It looks like that would be the case Mm -hmm. if it's Sykin. But then in terms of the footprint that he puts on a quarterback, the reality is that's going to depend on how comfortable that young quarterback that they're going to draft, assuming that's what they do, um, how long it takes them to get acclimated into the NFL. And then you start throwing more of the, the, the book at them halfway through the season or so. Okay, so we're talking about the potential of bringing new people in, coordinators. What does that do with who we currently have on staff, like Jeff Saturday? That is the an outstanding question. And I think for Jeff Saturday, he wanted to be the head coach. And does Jeff Saturday then say, hey, you know what, I'm comfortable coming in and being, say, the offensive line coach? Mm-hmm. I don't know that Jeff Saturday necessarily would accept that position, not in a bad way at all. I love Jeff Saturday as a guy, but I do think that in some sort of an advisory role, which he was doing beforehand as a consultant, Jim Irsay loves and trusts Jeff Saturday, and I think that Jeff Saturday's vision was to be the full-time head coach. I think really it's a matter of if Jeff Saturday wants to stay within the organization, there are going to be organi- there are going to be opportunities I would believe for him to do so. But I think it would be away from the coaching sidelines and more in a front office scenario. So how does it work? You've covered sports for a long time in the city and across the the country. When they fire you in radio, they basically just bring you in, usually on a Friday, and say, uh, you're out of here. Good luck. That, that was your last shift. Yeah, and they, they send <laughs> an right. email and say, we wish him the best in the, the future endeavors. How does it wor- How does Jim say or these owners, because he basically got fired. I mean, technically, he was not the coach, but he basically was the coach. And if he'd done a better job, he would still be the coach. How does that conversation go? I think that conversation goes be- based on the fact that Jeff Saturday was an interim and therefore was not contractually – as soon as the season ended, his his obligations were done. So the Colts probably called him and said, Jeff, you know, we really appreciate your contributions to the franchise, but we've decided we're going to go in another direction in this particular moment. So we'd like to have the conversation with you if there are other areas where you can contribute to us, but it's not going to be in terms of the head coach, and we'll let you decide whether or not you want to continue a relationship Moving forward, let us know. And that's Does it harm him at ESPN because he's gonna be on there being a quote unquote football expert and it's like, dude, I could have won as many games as you did. I mean, I maintain you could pick a fan out of the stands and they could have done as well. Does that harm somebody like him to say, well, you're not much of an expert. You went what, what was it, one and eight or something Do you like that? Watch analysts on Fox News that lost elections? Well, I point out all the time how they pick a bunch of losers. That's why I don't pay attention to them. I mean, that that would be the answer, though, right? I I think, in all honesty, I think now it probably enhances for a lot of people from an ESPN standpoint. 
his credibility because now you know not only was he a guy that played, but he was a guy that was inside locker rooms and what kind of insight must he have now so people are going to be interested to hear from him. Yes, Casey. Okay, so we had the finale last night with the Super Bowl, finale of the season. The draft isn't until April. Yes. So what are we doing? What happens in organizations right now? Now they are getting ready for the combine, which is the which is where they take every college prospect comes to Indianapolis where the combine is and goes through every single possible analysis of their body and their physical attributes and their strengths and everything else and their interview skills. So it goes the NFL has mastered Casey mastered the 12 month calendar. So you go from Super Bowl, you take a couple of weeks to catch your breath, then you go into the Combine, which begins in about a month, then that leads into the draft in April, mm-hmm. and then you get mini camps. So they make sure that, and I love it because it means that like every six weeks or so, there's a reason for you guys to bring me down here to say hi. <laughs> so I enjoy it. Hey, but, That's how they do it. Before we let you go, let's talk about the draft, because Ballard made it sound in his postseason press conference like, I will give up any pick and any player and anything to get the quarterback that we know we need to have as a Bears fan sitting at number one that makes me feel good but I also am a realist to think none of these quarterbacks are all that great like this is right on both counts yeah this isn't Peyton Manning or John Elway so what what is what is are the Colts is that just bravado are they just going to stay put and think hey we'll get one of these three guys at four or are they prepared to throw all the chips in and get to one you know that really goes back to the last point about the combine because if somebody really jumps out of the combine and, and in particular during the interview process. Like Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were neck and neck until Ryan Leaf decided not to meet with the Colts at the Combine, and then Peyton Manning really separated himself. So that's going to – we're going to see what takes place in the Combine. If somebody really jumps off the page at the Combine, then all of a sudden Chicago is really excited, and and the Colts then – you wonder if they're one of those that panics that somebody's going to move in front of them, and that's where all of the poker playing takes place. One of the best in the business. You hear him every uh, weekday morning, 7 to 10 a.m., 107.5, 93.5, the fan. Jake Query, thank you, my friend. All right, guys, always a pleasure. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Good morning. It is 18 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That's our phone number if you'd like to contribute. And we will get to your voicemails in just a second. But let's look at a few things that are trending this morning. According to the uh, according to Yelp, they have listed the top 100 restaurants oh. in the United States. Uh-huh. And two of them are in Indianapolis. Making the list is Livery. And that restaurant was na- ranked number 91 on the list. Uh-huh. And also a restaurant called Vida in Indy. And that restaurant came in at number 37 on the list. Both of those places sound expensive. <laughs> but probably delicious. Also trending, the four female pilots who orchestrated the Diamond Four formation during the flyover of the Super Bowl. They were honoring 50 years of women flying in the U.S. Navy. 
And finally trending, the Indianapolis Zoo. They're looking for your vote to be named Best Zoo in the United States. USA Today has put them on the list of the 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards. And uh, to make the cut, they want everybody to vote for the Indianapolis Zoo. All right. Didn't you go to the zoo uh, back in the summer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. With uh, Well, it was in October with oh, okay. uh, Terry Stacy. We were uh, looking at animals that scare people, like spiders and snakes and bats. Was that your first time there? No, I had been years previously, but it's been a while. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Um, but they've uh, remodeled the entrance and a new walkway to get in. So, nice. Yeah. Indianapolis Zoo. All right. Voicemails. We got so many voicemails. We're going to do two segments of your calls. Okay. Uh, 317-684-8444. Just a whole bunch of things going on people wanted to chime in on. This is how we do it here, Casey. If the audience steps up and leaves good voicemails, we will do our best to get all of those on. If you leave crappy voicemails, well, then you're not going to be heard. So, um, all right. So, you know the rule here. Hate mail goes right to the front of the line. But since it's the start of a week and I wanted to start the week on a good note, I figured, why don't we play something positive from one of our listeners? Okay. And uh, then it'll all be downhill from there. How about that? All right, let's go. Okay, first, you keep saying you speak for all your listeners. Well, you don't. There's plenty of us out here that listen to you just to see what kind of outrageous junk you'll put out on the airwaves. And the second thing is, yes, some things are outrageous. But the fake outrage you guys use so often really takes away from whatever message you're trying to make because it makes you sound like rabid idiots. Why don't you save the outrage for the things that are really outrageous and the things that are just merely objectionable? Maybe you could uh, not use your outrage voice because it ain't outrageous. Sorry, was I supposed to play the positive You one? were, Kev, which I is why I told say, you to play the positive call first. That was Sorry. positive. I why was we had very the, concerned. Why we had the little meeting there right before the segment where I said, well, here's the order we're yeah, going to go in. I, I had one job. But that's uh, that's all right. We'll go with the we'll go with uh, the hate mail first, and it'll all be uphill from there. If or uh, was, up, 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 and away from there. All right. Yeah. Well, if that was the positive one, boy, well, the okay. negative one's going to so, be something. So what should we not be outraged about would be my question to this guy. Should it be that... Elderly people and people on fixed incomes are going to have to make very hard decisions about whether they can afford to stay in their homes. Should we not be outraged that the government here in the state collects thousands of dollars from us that they don't need and then give us a couple hundred dollars back? Should we not be outraged that our government claims to have major problems with radical leftism in public school and then keeps throwing literally tens of billions of dollars at public education with no strings attached. I mean, it's just an endless thing. Like, what, where is the limit? What is the, is it the thing that you think we should be outraged about? Mm-hmm. Or don't be outraged about anything. Well, that's the question, right? Should I just say it's all fine? Everything's really good. The 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 poor 80-year-old woman on a fixed income it's really cool that her property taxes are going to go up 18%, and she may not have that. Mm-hmm. That's a great job by the Republicans. Phenomenal job of governance by those guys. Did I do it better? <laughs> is that what we're looking for? Maybe he should call back and let us know what he is outraged by. Yes. And then if we become outraged by that, yeah. then we'll be on the same level. Yeah. It'll be okay. Okay, Kev, we're going to go with the positive phone call this time. <laughs> uh, take a Take it away. 
I just turned it on and I heard you talking about the um, state reps and everything about, you know, the uh, property taxes coming up that's due in May. You know, it's like people may not like the way you say it, Kendall. And at first, when I started listening to this radio station, I didn't like the way you said things. But the more I listen with an open mind, all you're doing is telling us the truth and the facts in plain English, right to the point. And there's nothing wrong with it. And and you're exactly right when you say they work for us, not the other way around. But everybody gets appointed in office, and it's all the, you know, kiss everybody's butt or, you know, it's get your buddy this and your buddy that or or what have you not. But it's always the the politic part where somebody's making money, but it isn't your average person or it isn't helping a select – it only helps a select few of people, it seems like. But anyway, I really appreciate your honesty and the way you put things now because, I mean, it's right to the point. You're not necessarily – you don't coddle things about it. You just say it. And it's like we're all grown adults. And I don't agree with everything you say, but nobody agrees with every single thing. Well, in today's world, they do. But anyway, it's just, just keep up the good work. I really appreciate the honesty and the hard work you put into it. And, and I feel like I've never met you, but it's like you can hear the compassion in your voice. Well, others probably are just hearing anger or who knows what, but you're great, man. Thank you very much. Well, that was nice. Yes, very nice of him. Uh, he's right. Uh, I am very passionate about people who cannot fend for themselves, and we have a platform to fend for those people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we talked about last week that I've started writing a journal for my child as they prepare to enter the world, and thoughts not only as, as how they grow as they prepare to enter the world, but things that are happening in the lead-up to that, so they will have context mm-hmm. to who their parents were, who their grandparents were, where society was, why they were named what they were named. And one of the things I talked about in that journal last week was that I hope the name that I'm giving my child, they will carry it with them and they will understand with that name to always do what is right and stand up for others who cannot stand up for themselves, especially if you are blessed to be in a position where you have some influence. And we have that here. We have an ability that very few people in the city do, very few people in the state do, and we have an obligation to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. Sounded like the first guy who called really wanted your delivery to be made with kid gloves. Yes. Like, soften it up. But then the second guy said, no, that's just passion and compassion, like when you use the word entitlements. Yes. Some people get really upset by that, but that's what it is. I'm going to take it. So how are... What, what what do they want you to do? I'm going to take a stab at doing it with kid gloves, all right? Okay. Are, are you ready? And then we'll go to a break. Yeah. All right. Ready? Three, uh-huh. two, one. I am very disappointed <laughs> in the fact that the Republicans who run this state and their super majorities care so little about elderly and fixed income people that they are potentially willing to allow those people to be forced to sell their homes or get evicted from their apartments because... They're really being 
pretty lazy and not doing anything about helping them with property taxes. <laughs> there Was that better? No. I, I like the outrage better. And speaking of property taxes, we're going to have Nikki Kelly on. Uh, when, when, are we, when is she joining 11.30. 11.30, and we're going to talk about that 65-page bill that's uh, in the House right now regarding your property taxes. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I just met you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We continue on with your voicemails at 317-684-8444. All right. So remember, yes, last week we had Farmer Ryan on Mm -hmm. from uh, Freedom Foods, Indiana. And uh, we were talking about the condition of farming and the condition of food and why all the food is so expensive. And um, then we got a phone call. Some lady was very upset that I'm not a prepper. Right. And she was, I think she was, was coming. Was she upset or was she surprised? Well, I think she was coming from a place of love. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I had told her that the reason I'm not a prepper is because I have Farmer Ryan. <laughs> and I will always have enough gas in my car mm-hmm. to get to Ryan's farm mm-hmm. where I know Ryan has plenty of stuff. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, if the doomsday scenario happens, Ryan and his family are going to need a lot of laughs. And I know I'll be able to provide that for them. He also said that he had food for me and Kevin. So, see, it'll be like a recreation of society. We'll be like the stage and screen of the new society. And so, thus, all I need to make sure in order to prep is that I have enough fuel in my car to get to his farm in Wolcott. And somebody called in agreeance with that. Hey, I was listening to your show today. And, Rob, you did hit this on the head. The idea is not to prep. The idea is to know who the preppers are <laughs> and take it from there. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> He's right. Uh, yes, absolutely. Your preparation is to build a relationship with someone who can take care of you. Although you also did say that uh, because you live next door to your dad, yeah. He was going to help. So He's got stuff as well. You're leaning on other people. Well, we've got time to see whether this is like a mega disaster or whether this is just a short-term disaster. If it's a short-term disaster, we've got a neighbor that can help us. Right. If it's a mega disaster, You'll we'll get to- the family in the in the truckster and go to Farmer Ryan's I place. I mean, all you really need to survive is uh, SpaghettiOs, right? That's right. I mean, and I've got plenty of those. On. Got chili, SpaghettiOs. Mm-hmm. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets, soup. Mm-hmm. I'm fine on my own for a good three or four days. Okay. <laughs> but I've got a neighbor. That gets me another probably three days. So uh-huh. now I'm at seven. Yeah. And if it's something beyond seven, then, then you're we, gonna get, go then we got a guy long term. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, what's next? Hey, guys. This is M from old Eastern Hancock County, an old farmer. And here, back, I sent a card to a uh, friend and... Uh, her mom said, yes, yeah, she got it, but she could not read her cursive lighting. Uh, writing. I'm sorry, my tongue is stumbling. But anyway, I, I could not believe that our schools do not uh, teach cursive writing anymore. What's going on with this world? It's just crazy. Take care. Thank you. I love your show. Bye. So we had the conversation last week that uh, there is a senator that has a bill that mm-hmm. they put forth every year and it always fails that would mandate cursive writing. Yeah. I didn't think this was a big deal, but apparently many in our audience think it is a huge deal. They don't teach cursive writing. Well, somebody pointed out that the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, were written in cursive. On a quill pen, Casey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On a, They were dabbing ink 
right. and writing it. But if you don't understand cursive, then you're unable to read that important document. Well, I'm pretty sure it's been transcribed. Well, sure, multiple it has. times, right? But don't you want to be able to read the original? I don't understand why this is such a big deal, though. Like, I mean, I write. I don't write in cursive, mm-hmm. but I write legibly enough that you can read my handwriting. As long as you can, you teach handwriting. Somebody can read. Mm-hmm. What's the difference, Kev? You you got some on this? Uh, I was gonna say. I mean. It's funny because I remember as a kid, the teachers would tell us that we would never be able to get a job if we uh, didn't learn cursive. That's interesting because you're younger, so you're of the generation. But we still had to learn it. uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't even really use it anymore. And look, he has a job. Do you find that you work with you? Do you find that you write half and half, kind of print, kind of cursive? Yeah, I guess I kind of do that with certain letters. You can never be a doctor if you don't know how to do cursive. Right, yeah, because of a doctor's signature. Yeah, so Kevin, uh, Kev, if you have any ambition to be a doctor, sorry, you better get on that. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. All right, uh, one more call for this segment. We've got other voicemails. We'll try to get to them next hour, but I wanted to give Hammer a little extended segment because obviously he uh, was doing all sorts of things yesterday with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right, Casey, this next person, I think they might have been a little inebriated when they called. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. But I'm going to have you listen to it, and then we'll discuss what they talked about. But then let's also talk about the way they talked about it, shall we? All right, go. Hey, Robert. It's very important that you listen to my voice. The thing you do on Christmas Day where you explain how important radio is to you is brilliant. I will love you forever for that. Rob Kendall, you're a voice, a radio voice. So, why are you so confused when it comes to Mr. Springsteen? Casey, I'm going to need you to back me up on this. I was alive in 1984. There were three tours you went to in 1984. Van Halen, obviously. Springsteen was a part of it, and do I need to mention the other? There were three shows you saw that year. The thing about Springsteen was, how long do you have to listen to the Memphis story? About where he broke into Graceland. Blah, blah, blah. Wait, and he goes, and he goes on for quite a while after that. What was the third band that he was? He I, didn't I mention. Th- I think in the ninety-three minute phone call, he comes circles back, and I believe it's Rush. <laughs> uh, I believe it's the, the the third one that he was uh, in nineteen eighty-four. Yes, hmm. I saw Bruce Springsteen. It wasn't in nineteen eighty-four. It was nineteen eighty-seven. Well, and I I do enjoy the fact. So the, what he's referencing is part of his act for years and years and years is he would uh, he would play usually an Elvis cover of some sort because Elvis was his hero. Mm-hmm. And I think on that tour, it was uh, Can't Help Falling in Love. Mm-hmm. And before that, he would tell this incredible story about Bruce Springsteen was the first person to ever be on the cover of Time and Newsweek at the same time. And the same time he was on the cover of Time and Newsweek, he was playing in uh, Memphis. And he went to, after a show, Graceland. It was obviously locked up at night. He hops the fence gets to the front door, says, you know, knocks on the door, guy answers the door, he says, is Elvis here? And he goes, no, he's in Lake Tahoe. And they quickly, security ushers 
Bruce Springsteen off the premises at Graceland, and he's basically shouting to them, no, man, I'm really famous. I'm on the you know cover of Time and Newsweek. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? And then the story goes into the thing about how sad it was for him to see someone who meant so much to him and to so many people die such a lonely death where they could not connect anybody. And he does this incredible version of Can't Help Falling in Love with You as a dedication to people who are lonely and, you know, don't give up on yourself. And the idea that that triggered that guy, that's what did it in for you. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry for believing in others. (laughs) What was he talking about Christmas Day? Well, every year... Before I take the break, I usually try to talk about how much this radio station meant to me and the listeners meant to me and this job means to me. And I mean, it's kind of like the same speech he was given is the same mm-hmm. one I'm given. I mean, mm-hmm. different topic, but it's just, I just think the guy might have been a little under the weather. Okay. I just pictured him in a dark room with uh, the blinds closed. Just uh, that's, that was the kind of vibe I was getting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, maybe he had a cocktail, or maybe he just woke up because he had that morning voice. And that would be the first thing on your mind. Well, I'm going to call and bitch at Rob Kendall about. Or he was smoking something. Well, that's also a case. That yeah. would be more your area and Kev's than mine. <laughs> but I don't know if he was uh, he was inebriated. I think maybe he was just a little tired. A little tired that's what it was and he had a good voice he he had a big deep voice yes he was Uh, commenting on yours so now maybe uh in honor of this guy at some point i'll just play the whole springsteen speech about elvis hopping the fence at graceland (laughs) all right uh nigel made the anger bet i asked hammer in the hallway how he was doing He's here. He's, I saw him show up. He's here. Yeah. And he lost out on $400 because of that game yesterday. But we're going to check in with Hammer next on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Good morning, 1048. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio. How are you doing today? I'm wealthier than I was yesterday. Nice. Well, there's one of us, right? (laughs) (laughs) My uh, esteemed colleague in the afternoon program, Big Nige, not so much. But it was a great betting night in the Hammer house. You and your wife, right? Yeah. The coupon lady nailed a couple bets, got that final touchdown right by Jalen Hurts. So altogether, we turned about 200 bucks in to about 560. Wow. We'll take that. Pays for that big big spread you had out there. (laughs) Man, we ate well. It was a fun night. Watched the game. Won some money. I had a good time last night. I don't know about you guys, but Mm -hmm. the game was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the commercials were boring. The other stuff was fine, but the game was good. When do we get past? Yes, because the commercials stunk. They stunk last year. They stunk the year before that. When do we get past the idea of, oh, everybody's just watching for the commercials? I mean, how many stinker years of commercials do we have to have before that people are like, these commercials stink? Well, I can't remember who pointed this out, but you see a lot more 30-second commercials now than you do 60 seconds because it's so freaking expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to spend all of this money 
for a 30-second commercial. You just want to make people remember what the product was, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't have time to be cute anymore, and that's a shame. There was a beer ad where I think it was Blue Moon. Yes. And the whole ad is promoting two other beers, and my wife and I were talking about this. She's like, well, that's a clever ad. I said, no, it's a wasted ad because you spent a gajillion dollars promoting two other beers. Which is owned by the same company. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're Miller Coors, like, you got all three of your brands in there in one commercial, right? Well, I I guess, but... And you're talking about it today, so it seems like it's been an effective 30-second ad. But is it that I'm bitching about it? Is that effective? Is somebody saying that's stupid? You remembered it. Like, I couldn't remember half the commercials Mm -hmm. last night. If you would have told me that Product X had a commercial last night, I'd be like, okay, I'll take your word for it. The only one that I really remember was the Ben Affleck one and the Dunkin' Donuts. Working the drive-thru with the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, and J-Lo pulled up. Because it used to be like... There was always a great one from Anheuser-Busch. Coke always had a great one. Mm-hmm. Lay's. Was, Bud Bowl or Spuds McKenzie yeah. or something. Taco Bell always had one that was awesome. And now it's just like, so many of these are like companies that I don't even know what they do. And why is Avocados from Mexico <laughs> advertising during the Super Bowl? They spend money every year, though. They're like That's their advertising budget. Clearly, somebody, I mean, it must work, but who is like, you know what? Crap, I didn't even realize until now I need to go to the store and get me some avocados. Like, chips, I get it. Pizza, I get it. Beer, I get it. Mm-hmm. Avocados? Mm-hmm. But I bet at some point, what maybe not you, but somebody has gone to the grocery store and you have seen those products and you've sang the jingle. Avocados from Mexico! <laughs> like, I know I have, and that makes it an effective ad. Uh, I saw Nigel was here today. Yes, he survived the night. I mean, he had a white knuckle it till morning after losing all that money last night, but he survived and he'll be here this afternoon. He got screwed, though, right? I mean, you don't end the Super Bowl on that questionable holding call because everybody knew that's the end of the Super Bowl. You don't end the game on a call like that. Well, you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog either. Well, I get it. I'm not even saying for Nigel because, that. let's face it, he lost $20 on Purdue and then turned it into a $400 loss on the Eagles. So he's on his own on that one. <laughs> but... He took a loss and made it worse. But you don't end the Super Bowl on a holding call like that. It was... People would argue, yes, technically it was a penalty, but technically you could call that every single play. Like, you know, jaywalking is a crime, but you don't really get ticketed for it. And that's kind of what we saw last night. I'm a believer in let him play, unless it's something totally egregious. And the thing that stuck out for me was that Juju Smith-Schuster, one of the biggest diva pain in the asses in the league, didn't even throw his arms up or complain, like, where's the flag? Mm -hmm. Even he didn't expect the flag. So how do you feel about people complaining about the refs? Like, do they just need to get over it? I mean, if it's warranted, if it's warranted, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people always do it. You know, the refs are out to get us. The Mm -hmm. refs are out to screw us. Usually they're not. You're just passionate about one team. But that was a weak call. And I think the officials were good all through the night, except for at the very end, Yes, technically that's a penalty, but technically going 51 and a 50, you could get a ticket for. You know who is the greatest Super Bowl commercial of all time and nobody talks about it? Herb and the Whopper. I'm not Herb, and if your name is Herb, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. I remember the I'm not Herb campaign. See, and that was 35 years ago or whatever it was, and you still remember it. That's That's back when the burger joints 
they not only competed for customers, they competed in ad space because you had the I'm not her people, the where's the beef campaign mm-hmm. got rolling from Wendy's. And of course, McDonald's always had their jingle and Ronald McDonald and all that kind of stuff. I kind of miss those days, but it's so freaking expensive now. People are just like, sweet mother of God, get the product name out there. Yeah. All right. So Jake Query and I had this discussion at the top of the hour. I'll put it to you. I maintain the NFL draft is a far more compelling event than the Super Bowl. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> so the Super you, Bowl... But, and I get it because you're a Bears fan, and this is the closest thing you're going to have to a Super Bowl for a long time. Uh, but no, no. There's intrigue. It's months and months of intrigue. It's strategy. It's the day of. It's the weeks before. It's it's You're putting your entire franchise on some 22-year-old guy who was probably doing beer pong the night before the combine. You can say the exact same things about the Super Bowl, and they crown a winner, and there's like celebrities, and there's pop culture, and there's two weeks of hype and build up and yeah the Super Bowl is a bigger deal but around these parts if you're a Colts fan or a Bears fan yeah the draft's probably a big you deal for you. You know why you don't agree with me on that because you know what the draft is it's the thinking man's Super Bowl it's for the higher intellectual people to it's use for teams that stink and, and you're a Bears st- fan and that's why you like it so much <laughs> who's got the number one pick in the draft this year? Hey I'm not arguing that but I'm saying the Bears are always the draft is always my favorite thing because they're, you got to really think your way through it you've got to plot you You've got to strategize. Do you trade up? Do you trade down? Do you trade for this? Do you trade for that? Bears are going to totally fleece the Colts, right? Somebody is going to give the Bears too much. Yeah. Somebody's going to do that. Whether it's the Colts, whether it's the Raiders, somebody's going to overpay. But if you end up getting your guy, let's say you draft one of these quarterbacks that turns out to be the next Patrick Mahomes. Would Back in the day, if you could jump in the old hot tub time machine, would you have given up three first-round picks, two second-round picks to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you're right. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter for me whether the Bears trade down or not because either way, we're going to draft the same guy. A, an offensive tackle <laughs> who holds out, shows up to camp heavy, and then is injured and misses the entire preseason. So it doesn't matter. At least you're not going for the quarterback this year that's going to stand there and hold the ball too long. And You trade up to number two and you draft Mitchell Trubisky and not Patrick Mahomes! <laughs> Patrick Mahomes belong on the mountain? We'll get into that later. We're out of time right now. Okay, what do you got coming up today? Uh, Guy Relford's going to join us, and we're going to talk about the IMPD settling with the family of Dreshawn Reed. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.